the way maker. You are the great promise keeper. You are the one who performs your word and watches over it to perform it. Lord, we worship you this morning. We thank you for speaking to us through the word and by your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us, Lord, to pray concisely with clarity and with accuracy, we pray. We give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I would like you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Mark, chapter 10. And we're going to notice in verse 27, I'm bringing a message to you this morning called Possibility Praying. As a senior pastor of this church for the past 35 years and in being in ministry for over 40 now, my heart's desire is for God's people to learn how to pray effectively. Especially when, it, it, when we're talking about asking God for your specific needs. It's really, really important. And one of the things that the enemy will try to sell, a, sell us a bill of goods on is, well, it's just impossible. There's just no way. Well, look at Mark chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 27. It says here, And Jesus looking unto them and said, With men it is impossible. Well, everybody knows that man cannot do everything that we need to have done in our lives. So there are a lot of impossibilities with men, but not with God. And I believe that the reason why there is nothing impossible with God is God is not a man. Amen. God is God. He's the way maker. He is the miracle worker. So mark this down. There are no impossibilities with him. Amen. No, notice that the rest of the verse says, For with God all things are possible. All things are possible. And then looking back to Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus said unto them, If you can believe. Well, that's what we are. We, we are believers. And after all, that's what believers do. Believers believe. So somebody says, I wish I could believe. Well, God has placed within you the ability to believe. He has given every one of us the measure of faith. And so he says, if you can believe, then he goes on to say, and read it with me, all things are possible to him that believeth. So there's no impossibilities with God. And when we're connected with him and we pray accurately and concisely, then it becomes all things are possible to us for we are believers. Now, all biblical prayer must begin where the will of God is known. Now, understand this, that the will of God and the word of God are really the same. They're synonymous terms. Amen? All prayer springs out of rich communion with him and a rich fellowship with him through his word. In John chapter 15, notice with me in verses 1 through 7, you'll see here the theme of this. In John 15, 1 through 7... Uh, we'll begin at verse 1 if we could. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide or live in me. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that liveth or abideth in me, and I in him, the same brings forth what kind of fruit? Mucho fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. Remember, with men, there are impossibilities. But with God, there are no impossibilities. So I'm going to make sure that I'm sided in with him. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now I want you to notice in verse 7, we're going to read it a couple times together. So pay close attention if you possibly can. Somebody says, well, I'm so poor I can't pay attention. Well, God can fix that too. I want you to notice that the word you is used five times in verse 7. Let's read it together. Ready, read. If you abide in me... And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Would you not agree that you are the understood subject of verse 7? So you have a lot to do with your prayers being answered. Number one, are you living in him? Are you living for him? Are you dwelling in his presence? Are you practicing the presence of God outside of these walls? Are you reading his word? Are you walking in humility? Are you walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh? Are you living in the secret place of the most high and abiding under the shadow of El Shaddai? Amen. I'm just asking. Amen. If you are, you meet the first qualification. The second qualification is, and my words abide. My words dwell. In you. You see, it's important to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When you're letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, you're letting his word dwell in you richly. You're letting his will dwell in you richly or copiously. And when you do that, you shall ask what you will and what will happen. It might be if you're a good trooper. Notice, he said, no, it shall be done unto you. So possibility praying always is based on the word of God or the will of God. My spiritual father, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, said this. He said, find scriptures that cover your case. So what is your situation? What is your case? And what does the word say about it? For whatever we face, God's got a promise that trumps the problem. Say it with me. God's promises promises trumps all problems problems when we learn learn possibility praying. praying. Amen. Amen. Find the scriptures that cover your case. If it's a material need, does God's word have anything to say about your material need? Does God's word have anything to say about your physical need? Does God's word have anything to say about your soulish need? Well, you'll find not only one scripture, but you'll find several scriptures about him being your way maker. About him being your provider. About him seeing before your need and having a vision for it and connecting you to that need when you get to it. My God shall supply half your need. No, he said all you need. Amen. So there are scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures that talks about your good, good father and how much he loves us. Matter of fact, in Romans 8.32, it says this. um, He that spared not his own son. That's speaking of God concerning Jesus. He that spared not his own son, but gave him up freely for all of us. How shall he not then with him freely give us what? All All things. 
Matter of fact, he says, I've given you all things that pertain not only to godliness, this, uh, the next life, but also to this life. Through the exceeding great and precious promises. What you have in your lap, what you have in your iPad, what you have in your iPhone, God's word is precious. Amen. And the word of God covers your case. Covers your case materially. Covers your case physically. There are probably, oh, hundreds of scriptures in the Bible that talk to you about divine healing and divine health that belongs to you. For example, in Third John 2, it says this. Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your what? So we know that it is the will of God for us to prosper and to be healthy, but it's in direct correlation to our soul prospering and to letting this word speak to us and dwell in us and abide in us richly. So Jesus said, if you abide in me, how many of you are abiding in him today? And then he said, and my words abide in you. Then you are in position to pray. Hallelujah. You'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, I'm not putting anybody down because I've been in this vehicle myself. But I've seen in the body of Christ a lot of thoughtless, foolish, vague prayers. And we don't want to pray thoughtless prayers. We want to position ourselves to pray. We want to be ready to pray. Amen? We don't want to pray vague vague prayers. Oh, God, the man upstairs. Yes, amen. You know what my needs are. Kesarasara, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Those are vague prayers. Those are thoughtless prayers. Those are foolish prayers. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, I want you to notice in the Amplified Version, Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 17th verse, the King James says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Amen? Now notice this. In the Amplified Version, we'll pull that up here in a moment, in Ephesians 5, the 17th verse, And I'll read it to you. It says, Therefore do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. So we're seeing here then we must know His will. We must know His word. Otherwise our prayers can be vague, thoughtless, or foolish. Now a vague and thoughtless and foolish prayer is a prayer that is prayed outside of the word of God. How many of you know that doubt and unbelief is not a kind of prayer? So I'm encouraging you to meditate on the promises of God. Find the scriptures that cover your case. Meditate upon them. Become fully persuaded of them before that you pray. Before that you pray. You know, I think a good illustration of this is Abraham. How many of you ever heard of our father Abraham? Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 17 through 21. Say it with me. We're going some places today. Amen. We've already been some places today. We've been in the presence of God. Now, Abraham had a promise from God. And the promise from God was, I have made you the father of how many nations? He said, Abraham, my will for you is that I am making you the father of many nations. That's quite a promise, is it not? Especially when your wife is over 90 years old. And especially when you be 99. How many of you know when you be 99, there's no a whole lot of things going on in the tent? Unless the Spirit of God quickens you. Unless the Spirit of God makes alive the dead. 
Well, thank God we, we serve a God who makes alive the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead and he could raise Abraham from the dead. Amen. I'm just saying, glory to God. So I've made you the father of many nations. And uh, notice with me in uh, verse uh, 17. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations before him who be believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now here's Abraham's part. When all natural hope was gone, Abraham hooked into a supernatural hope or a supernatural expectancy that he might become the father of many nations according to what? According, oh, verse 18, according to that which was spoken. The only way that Abraham could connect with a godly hope and connect with faith and expectancy is he had to have a word from God. He had to know the will of God. He had to know the plan of God. The will of God, the plan of God was him to become the father of many nations. Amen. Now notice Abraham's posture of faith here. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Amen. He staggered not at the promise of God through what? But was strong in faith. And what did he do in the midst of it? He gave glory to God. Now, verse 21 is what I want you to see. And being fully persuaded. I thought about this. In order for Abraham to be fully persuaded, he had to think a lot. He had to meditate a lot on what God had told him. God said, I'm the father of many nations. How many of you know he had days where he felt like that? That may not happen. But he bypassed the doubt and the unbelief and he became fully persuaded. Another word there is he became fully convinced. Amen. He became fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Now we need to understand this. What God has promised you, he has the ability to bring to pass because he is the God with whom there are no impossibilities. Amen. How many of you agree with that? If God gives us an exceeding great and precious promises, he has the power to bring it to pass in our lives for he does watch over his word to perform it. So that's God's part. But our part is to be like Abraham. Our part is not to stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Our part is not to consider this or to consider that, but only to consider what the promise says. You see, Abraham's part was to become fully persuaded and fully convinced. And that's your part and my part. And the only way that I know of to become fully persuaded and fully convinced is spend a lot of time looking at the scriptures. Spend a lot of time thinking about what God's word has said to me. Meditating on it. Seeing myself with what God has already seen me with. That's meditation. In Joshua, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your boy prosperous, and then you will have good success. One way, Tony, one way, Raul, to become fully persuaded is talk to yourself. What do you mean talk to yourself? They'll put me in prison. 
They'll put me in the loony bin. I'm not talking about having crazy conversations with yourself. I'm talking about muttering and uttering. I'm talking about talking yourself into the word of God and being fully convinced. Amen. Say it with me. I am a meditator. I'm a thinker. And I am a speaker of God's word. Thus I become fully persuaded. Raise both hands and say, my God is performing his word on my behalf. Amen. So you've got to be convinced. Not thoughtless, not vague prayers, but prayers that are accurately prayed. Look with me at 1 John chapter 5 now. And notice with me in verse 14 and 15. We'll look at the King James Version first of all. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says this. And this is the confidence that we have who? We could say it this way. This is the confidence that we have in Him, in His Word, because Him and His Word are one. And so this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will. Somebody says, well, how do I know what the will of God is? Look to the Word of God. The will of God and the Word of God are one. Amen? So we know this, that we can be confident. We can have assurance in our heart that when we ask according to the Word of God, He hears us. Amen? Now notice in verse 15, did you wear your happy clothes today? Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Notice this in verse 15, it says this. And if we know... That he hears us, because we've asked according to the word of God. Whatever we ask, read the rest with me. We know that we have the petitions. We have it. Real faith always wins with the glad, ends with the glad confession. Thank God it's mine. I have it now. When I believe I have received and asked according to the will of God, my declaration is, thank God it's mine now. It's mine. Hallelujah. Now, look at this verse from the Amplified Version. I know this is elementary for some of you, but I'll tell you what, it's good to go over this land again. How many of you want to be able to pray accurately with clarity and concisely? 1 John chapter 4, verse 14 and 15 in the Amplified. Read it with me. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens to and hears us. Now verse 15. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions. It is your present possession because faith is always present tense. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Somebody says, I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't taste it. I can't touch it yet, Pastor. Yeah, but if you've got it on the inside of you, it's just a matter of time before it shows up on the outside. Come on, somebody. Because faith 
is your title deed. It is your proof. Amen. See, I have a title deed on my house in Union City. You've never seen my house in Union City, but I have the title deed. Well, somebody says, how do you know that you have a house in Union City? Well, first of all, I've lived there for over 30 years. But secondly, here's the title deed. Here's the proof. And people may come along and say, well, how do you know God's going to meet your need? How do you know that by his stripes you are healed? You don't look it. You certainly look terrible. You don't have a penny to your name. Just pull out the word of God and say, this is my title deed. This is my proof. The word of God says it. I believe it. And that settles it. Amen. So if you're going to pray this way, be convinced. Pray according to the word of God. Pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and you have his ear and he will always cause you to have your prayers answered. Amen. Now you want to make sure that you don't waver. You want to make sure that when you're praying that you're settled and that you're anchored and you know what his will is. Because James says this. In James chapter 1 in verse 6 he says, But let him or her ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is what? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So make sure you get anchored and you get stability from God's word before you pray. Amen. You want to pray in faith without wavering and being single-minded. So what are you saying to us today, Pastor Mark? I'm saying, know the promises. Know the promises. Know them for yourself. Know them for yourself. Pray the promises. Amen? And then receive the promises. I like one quote by E.W. Kenyon. I think it's tremendous. See, when we get God's word abiding in us richly and we start praying in faith out of the will of God and the word of God, here's what God sees. Kenyon said this. He said, prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. Don't you like that? I'm going to say it again. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. Amen. So here's what it would look like. Let's say, for example, that I had a condition in my body that I knew very well that Christ redeemed me from. Right? And yet this condition was still in my body. So what I'll do then is I'll go to the promises. I'll meditate on the promises. I'll become fully convinced of the promises. And then I will pray. And my prayer may sound something like this. Heavenly Father, I just come before you this afternoon in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus. And I thank you that you said in your word. You see, it's not wrong to remind him of his promises. It's not wrong for you to Tell him what he said and remind him of what he said. As a matter of fact, he likes it. And he wants you to do it. So, Father, you said in your word, let's just pull out a few scriptures. You said in your word that you redeemed me from the curse of the law. 
This condition in my body is a curse, Lord. And I reject that curse because Jesus already purchased my freedom. Jesus already redeemed me. And Father, you also said in your word, I see in Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus Christ took my infirmities and you bore my sicknesses. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for that. And then also I see in 1 Peter 2, 24, where you said, who his own self bore my sins in his own body on the tree, that I, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. But then you said, by whose stripes you were healed. Lord, I want to thank you that on Calvary's cross, Jesus not only died for my sins, but he bore my sicknesses. And I declare this day, by his stripes, I'm healed. And then, Father, you said, if whatever I ask in the name of Jesus, that if I would believe, I receive that I will have. So I'm asking you, sir, in Jesus' name, for total healing from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I now pray and I receive by faith with the faith that takes I believe I receive my healing right now. And now I give you thanksgiving and I give you praise for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's what it may look like. That's what it may look like for me. It may look differently for you. But the the concept and the principle here is, is pray the word, remind him of his word. And then when you pray, release your faith. Release your faith. In other words, believe That you receive them. One person put it like this. The faith that takes. Faith takes what God has so graciously provided. And then lastly, but not least. We're going to spend just a, a few minutes with this today. Possibility praying always will contain an element of thanksgiving and praise. Possibility praying will always contain the spirit of thanksgiving and the spirit of praise. You don't have to wait until your body is totally healed to get your praise on. You don't have to wait till the money is in the bank to get your praise on. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise. Somebody says, I don't feel like putting it on. That's why sometimes you got to do it by faith and put it on. Come on, somebody. You don't have to wait till your babies come from afar to be saved and to be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to wait till they stop rebelling to get your praise on. If anybody's going to get their praise on, it's going to be me. I'm going to get my garment on. I'm going to shout in the morning. I'm going to shout in the afternoon. I'm going to dance in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to thank God in advance. Come on, somebody. Get your praise on. Get your praise on with your good self. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get your praise on. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Woo. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. And God sent a Holy Ghost earthquake on the scene and shook the foundations of the prison and everyone's bands were loose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
I'm sensing this morning that if you just get your praise on a little bit more, there's going to be some bands loose. There's going to be some foundations shaken. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Once you've prayed according to the will of God, get up in your midnight hour and shout glory. Shout the victory. Hallelujah. 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 In her book, Healing from Heaven, you can be seated. Dr. Lillian Yeomans tells the story of a woman who went to China as a missionary many years ago and started opening the gospel to China, and she contracted smallpox. In those days, there was no cure for smallpox. And she came to a home in Oakland, I'm told. In those days, there was no cure that existed. So doctors told her, With man, all things are impossible. And so the missionary was quarantined in her room. This ugly smallpox marks covered her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. There she was stricken with a deadly disease with little medical assistance, destitute in a a faraway country. I guess she was in China, virtually given up to die. She didn't know what to do since there was no cure. So she began to fervently seek the Lord. What was she doing? She was abiding in him. Then the Lord showed her a vision of two baskets. One basket contained the test and the trial, representing the smallpox. That basket was full. The other basket contained her praise, and that basket was only half full. Where's your basket at? The Lord told her the praise bucket needed to be filled with praises so it outweighed the basket of the test and trial. And when the praise basket was full, her healing would be manifested. As this missionary lay quarantined in her room, she began to fervently, 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 fervently. I think we need to be a little bit more fervent in this house about our praise and our worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Not just hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. She began to fervently praise and worship the Lord God day and night. Everyone feared for her life and thought the loud praises coming from her room was little more than an act of a delirious woman. But in spite of all opposition, she continued to praise God. Friends, in spite of the opposition that you are facing in your life, continue to praise God. She sang praises to God from her heart and did nothing but praise the Lord. She praised him for his greatness. She praised him for all that he had ever done for her. She praised him for his faithfulness to his word. She praised him for her healing. She praised God and praised God and praised God. What was the result of such sincere and devoted praise to God? Finally, after several days of heartfelt praise, the Lord showed her that the praise basket was full. 
She walked out of that room that was quarantined completely healed. Her skin was as smooth and clear as a child's. No small park mocks were to be found anywhere in her body. Before this missionary began her praise cure, her body had begun completely covered with smallpox marks. Can you imagine that? A body covered with smallpox. And yet, through her heartfelt praise, she walked out of there completely and totally healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you've got something to praise God about today. You've got something to lift up your voice to God about today. Praise stills the avenger. Praise pushes back the powers of darkness. Praise releases the presence of God. Praise causes your enemies to be scattered when God arises in your life. Praise causes him to inhabit your very present circumstances. He becomes enthroned and he sits right in the middle of your trial. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Say with me, praise and thanksgiving for the promises that are coming to pass in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you remember the storage of Hasaphat and the children of Israel? They prayed and sought the Lord. The armies of the enemies were coming against them. But God gave them a plan in the midst of their circumstance. How many of you know God's always got a plan? He always has a way out. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, here's what they did in verse 21 and 22. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. Amen. We got any singers in the house today? He appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now the tribe that he sent out in front of the whole army was the tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise. Now, here's what happened. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against praise, and they were smitten. Understand this, that this is one of the greatest weapons of your warfare. The weapon of praise. Your praise is absolutely directed toward the Father. And the Father inhabited their praises right there in the midst of the battlefield. And there was such confusion among the enemies, among Ammon and Seir and Moab, that they literally began to slay themselves. They had no idea what was going on. I'm telling you, praise confuses the devil. Praise drives a crazy devil even crazier. They were so confused that the scripture says they started slaying one another. Get the picture. They're out there praising God for his mercy and for his goodness that endured forever. 
the power of God came down and consumed the enemy. Hallelujah. Are there enemy, any enemies that need to be consumed in your life? Are there any enemies of disease that need to be consumed in your life? Are there any enemies of mental torment that need to be consumed in your life? Are there any enemies of lack that need to be consumed in your life? Don't you wait to get your praise on, Judah. You get your praise on right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And once you put the garment of praise on, you keep that garment on. I got a hallway in my house and I call it Hallelujah Hallway. And down Hallelujah Hallway, I run and I shout and I give God the glory. Man, I tell you, I've danced and I've shouted in that hallway when I, days where I could hardly move. When days I felt so down, he became the glory and the lifter up of my head. I'm telling you, praise not only stills the avenger, but praise will lift you up into the very presence of God. Now, the rest of this story is awesome. Because once the enemy defeated themselves in verse 25, notice with me. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them. They found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies. And what kind of jewels? Precious Precious jewels. Which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Woo. When you pray with possibility praying. When you pray the will of God and you pray the plan of God and you believe you have received and you add your thanksgiving to it, not only will you get the desires of your heart, but you will discover that God, who is more than enough, has so much more that you can carry away that you'll hardly be able to gather it all in. I just dropped by to tell you this morning that prayer plus praise equals more than you can carry away. I'm going to say it one more time. I said prayer plus praise equals more, more than you can carry away. How can you sit there and stare at me after a message like this? Let's get on our feet and let's begin to praise God and worship God. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you there's some breakthroughs in the house today. How many of you will give 60 seconds of praise to the Lord today? Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord says, just as you put on the whole armor of God and keep it on, you must put on the garment of praise and keep it on. The psalmist said, from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same, 
The mighty name of the Lord is to be praised. How many of you are believing God for something right now? I got a question for how would you act if that manifested in your life right now? Glory to God. 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 Amen. Amen. In the midnight hour, God will send his glory and his power.